the city that bombed itself. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. State police helicopter drops it. There is the explosion. Morning. What we're looking at now is a live picture of the water cannons pouring high-pressured streams of water onto the top of the move house. On May 13, 1985, the city of Philadelphia dropped a bomb on itself. And this is the story of the move bombing. And I know I brought this up to you. You have, you have. And this has been a long time coming. I've kind of been sitting on this for a while and it actually became part of the first episode of Strange Year Mm -hmm. in 1985. But this is going to be a little bit of a bigger conversation. There's been new news in it. So I thought this is a really good time to, to do it. And it was just something I was... I don't know, just sitting on it for a while because I, when I found out about it from my brother, Tim, mm-hmm. he lives in Philadelphia. Timothy Horton. Nope. No? No. Okay. Different last name. <laughs> nice try to like, I don't know, put us in a little box. I, just, I, I thought I would just like personalize Don't. It. Okay. <laughs> We're just cogs in a machine. Gotcha, gotcha. Back to Philly. He, he told me. He mentioned it. He brought it up. Mm-hmm. Then I found they just recently erected a placard. This was a historical site, which mm-hmm. is very important and a long time coming. And the fact that myself, and if you look like, like on Reddit, yeah. it's these things that you, they're not in history books and things that people really don't know about. Hmm. And the move bombing of 1985 is one of those things. So I... Went to Philadelphia. I went to where the historical monument is. I went to the the uh, row homes, where which are now being you know constantly being redeveloped. Yeah. I remember my brother and I were walking up to. I wanted to find the like the main home of move movement, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I found it. Took a picture in front of it, but I, it was a little painstaking. But there was you know it's African American you know the whole area mm-hmm. but my brother and I were walking and these two women were like oh you guys thinking about buying a buying a house and mm-hmm. we're like no yeah not for the sake of like because of the area because it was actually you know it's, it's beautiful over there it's the fact that we can't afford it yeah and nor do we need it but for a second you were disguised as someone who may in some universe be able to afford a home yeah no this is not this is not that uh this is not that day mm-hmm you know, I love the 1980s yes. because it's, I feel like when, I feel like strife and crime were really, were like really peaking at yes. that time. I mean, they always, and not enough has changed since then, mm-hmm. but it's just the fact that one of these things is like, I never learned about this in school. I mean, how, how often do you hear about oh, like a militia or domestic terrorists where like you know the state of washington is like well we're just gonna drop a bomb on the building ever yeah. do you ever no, hear that no i mean i don't even hear i have huge gaps in just my regular gen ed you know it's like even like the soviet union you know they were like well you don't need to know this 
God bless America. I don't know. Go to math. But in the United States, it's really unheard of to dr- you drop like a bomb on your own. Yes. Your own residents, citizens, U.S. citizens, residents destroying mm-hmm. your own neighborhoods mm-hmm. in order to stop a what we're going to find is a a movement oh, it's a movement you yeah. know they could say it's political you can say it's just in an, in an organizational sense just like when people talk about the NRA and mm-hmm. when the Black Panthers were like we want guns the NRA was like you know we should really do something about these guns mm-hmm. you know it's like too many guns yeah we should tone that down we should tone that down mm-hmm. this is going to kind of fall in line and i think this is going to be one of those episodes that might be a little bit polarizing depending on who's listening and what you think it's a definitely like racially charged it's as far as class Mm-hmm. Is charged like a class, you know, the class system. Yeah, and it's at a time where just things are rough. The city of Philadelphia is an amazing city. We t- I talk about mm-hmm. it a lot in here. Yeah, we do. We there's been some great episodes. Philadelphia has a very rich history. It's great, and it's very when you think about like the beginning of the United, you know, like the United States, like Philadelphia, it is. Yeah. The United States history was personified. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just a lot of crime. I mean, still, like, you know, parts of Philadelphia. My, you know, my brother, you know, is, they call it Philadelphia. And he works mm-hmm. He works in a crime adjacent. Mm. So he has told me, you know, a lot of really rough stories. It's it's tough. They have a really bad homeless problem, just like Los Angeles says it. Yeah, bad, definitely. Bad homeless problem. So when we get into this, it's going to be, I usually, you know me, I'm pretty middle of the road and we talk about things. And I, yeah, it's, for you to, you know, it's for you to kind of like. Uh, yeah, you're not usually. Uh, I'm um, not agenda filled. No, you don't usually have like a trigger on something. Yeah. I don't either. I'm very diplomatic, very yeah, fair. Sure, yeah. Very even keel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, let's hear both sides. Yeah, let's hear, but mostly my side. So this one might be, might fall in that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be, because I've actually like kind of thought about this more. This is why it took me so long to do this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is going to be one of those where I'm going to try to be as, you know, kind of objective as possible, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a little hard for me to be there. So let's, let's, how about some information? Let's get some info in. So move, and it's just called move. It's not like, you know, uh, meetings of yeah, very like exciting monument, people. Yeah, okay. nothing. It's, it's not just called move. But okay. move is you know the idea of like move. We got to sh- change, mm-hmm. shake things Go, up. Yeah, was created in 1972 by John Africa. So every uh, people in move adopted the name Africa. Okay, you know for reasons yeah. that you can you, you can imagine. He was born Vincent Lephart, and it was a West Philadelphia native, Korean War veteran. Mm. That's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, who cares if it's a vet? It's a vet when it's convenient. It's not mm-hmm. a vet. Not to sure. say that if you're a veteran, you you are like anything you do is right or mm. anything like that. But it's still, it's like, you know, you ask people to sacrifice things and then yeah. this no, is kind of what the, you get. What we've done to our veterans in the United States is pretty appalling. So he had an ideology which was, you know, black revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And this is at a time because it's... 1972, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's things are Vietnam is you know still is still going strong and and there's just a lot of tension mm-hmm. and combined with environmental rights, yeah. uh, animal rights, nature back to basics. So it's I would say it's a combination of like black power and hippies mm-hmm. kind of putting those two things together. So yeah. you know there is like a somewhat of like a militant side, but there's also a very 
let's treat the world better. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. It's it's all like social environmental justice in the broadest sense. Yes. Which is, I think, you know, somewhat unique. Yeah. I mean, yes. Sort of. I mean, it's... I just think, well, I think, you know, I think we're going to be moving forward into a more violent space soon, I assume. So I think a lot of those get kind of muddled. Yeah, and like segmented when we get into that. Their principles are also anti-government. Hmm. Which a lot, don't I mean, listen, say. a lot of people were, I would say, pretty. You yeah. Know, kind of well, the throes of the Vietnam War. You're a, a black person in Philadelphia. Yeah. You got Democratic National Conventions. You're a, you got, you're a veteran. I mean, you're. Yeah. Uh, Anti technology. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, listen. <laughs> hey, Where would the podcast be listen. without technology? Yeah. And religious organizations. Mm-hmm. It was pretty free of, of a lot of those things. And obviously, the tensions between. The residents and city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia police, and move between just racial and then kind of citywide and police. Mm-hmm. It, they didn't. Nobody got along very well. Yeah, which is people were not like in drum circles. And I don't expect that. You know, it's thugs. like nothing. I don't. Ex- I wasn't like. Well, why wasn't everyone in perfect harmony? Mm-hmm. It's just not very realistic. And yeah. I, I want to, you know, be kind of fair to the sense where it's like I don't I, I wasn't expect oh uh, Philadelphia 1985 well I expect everyone to be holding hands and everything's mm-hmm. great they would protest nonviolent protests demonstrations at zoos pet stores like very animal wow. rights and so I, we're I talking animal rights or like what to what extent are we talking like don't keep animals vegan like you know protect our wildlands yeah, I think it's maybe probably the treatment of animals, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I didn't, you know, look to see like who was wearing a leather mm-hmm. jacket or not, but I'm sure it was of that time where people were kind of like, well, their animals are just who cares? Mm-hmm. Kick a dog? What do I care? You know what yeah. I mean? Like things like that. They were into composting, homeschooling, raw mm-hmm. foods, so wow. you can imagine me, yeah. a lot of vegetarians and, and vegans, and were outspoken against war and brutality. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to 1978. There was a 15-month standoff. Uh, the then mayor Frank Rizzo. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's a pretty mayory name, right? Yeah, it is. It is like perfect a, name. Yeah, that guy, you know, doesn't go home till late and drinks 14 cups of coffee a day. Bad suits. Frank Rizzo notoriously did not have a great relationship with black residents, activist groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No surprise. I mean, in my head, he's like this prototypical New England, you know, Tough, authority figure, white yeah. dude, not interested in really the plight of a lot of people. So he ordered the groups. He's like, I want you out of these homes because you've kind of taken over this area. So he wanted them removed from their homes. Mm-hmm. Just break it up. Yeah. Get them out of here. It's like you're kind of forming a when you're forming what it seems like might be some front uh-huh. you, that tries to get broken up. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it ended with the death of a police officer. Oof. Yeah. So there was the un- unfortunate death of a police officer. Again, this is going to be controversial mm-hmm. as well for many different reasons. And nine members of Move, nicknamed the Move Nine, were. Convicted, given life sentences, mm-hmm. controversially. Debbie Sims, Africa, was arrested and sentenced to 30 to 100 years God. 
for the shooting death of Officer James Ramp. There was a police siege of their communal home on August 8th, 1978. Shooting broke out. Ramp was killed by a single bullet. Stray bullet, single bullet. I guess it depends on who you're asking. Prosecutors allege that move members fired the fatal shot and charged Sims Africa and the other eight with collectively being responsible for his death. I mean, listen, a police officer dies. Yeah. you're done. Understandably, like, like, I don't expect people to be like, wait, hold on, everyone just chill. Like, mm-hmm. I expect there to be outrage. Yeah, uh, well, also, like, everything with every, like, all of the officers in the area, I'm sure, like, ramping up all their shit, you know, like, on the defenses. Everything gets turned up five notches. Eyewitnesses gave accounts suggesting that the shot may have come from the opposite direction to the basement being the possibility that he was accidentally shot by friendly fire, by police fire. Mm. The move members continued to insist that they had no workable guns in the house at the time of the siege. Several months earlier in May 1978, several guns, most of them inoperative, had been handed over to police at the move house. Prosecutors at the trial, the move nine, told the jury at the time that the siege there, uh, the guns have been functioning fine. Now, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true or not true. I mean, mm. you know. It, yeah. yeah. All our guns don't work. Not to say that that's how it went, but, you know, let's be kind of, I'm trying to be objective with yeah. this. It, that seems like something a little bit that could be far-fetched. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. wasn't there. But, I'm you know, I'm not going to just say, like, oh, that's definitely how things happen, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know much about guns or like the functionality of guns, but. Well, how they're getting them. Are they getting, are they being like pieced together where they're like, so they doesn't, things don't get traced. Yeah. But they were, they were a, you know, they were definitely an uh, armed Mm -hmm. group. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Like for the same reasons. Probably anyone's armed. Yeah. Like the way that Black Panthers were or like, you know, militias now. Yeah. Except, you know, when it's... Or just uh, an average Texan, you know? It's like you're packing heat. You got a couple guns on you. But if, you know, if it's, if it's a organized group of African Americans, it's, you know, come on, let's be realistic. You know, it's it's a it's different story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a charged situation in a, what I assume to be a predominantly white police area. Yeah. Which, again, gross assumption. And, and a, very, heart, a very, very mixed and, and heavily African American... Mm-hmm. Neighborhood area. Neighborhood yeah. area. Yeah, it's it's a recipe for something to go down, and it does. And it does. Yeah. On the evening of May 13th, 1985, mm-hmm. years of conflict between the police and MOVE. Again, attempting to evict the group from the homes. Conflicts with the other residents. So it's not just with police, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Listen, neighbors don't get along, even on the smallest scale. Yeah. So I imagine on this very large scale... It's, you know, it's, and, and, you know, can't necessarily blame the people around them. They don't know what they're, what they're around, what they're involved in. Yeah. Or maybe they do and they're just like, I just, I'm racist. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. it's a mix, a mix of things. Mm -hmm. As a result, the uh, city of Philadelphia dropped a satchel bomb, a demolition device typically used in combat, laced with Tovex and C4 explosives on the move organization, they were living at the 6200 block of Osage Avenue. Mm-hmm. 11 people were killed, including five children. Oh, God. Its founder, John Africa, 61 homes were destroyed. Wow. More than 250 citizens were left homeless. 
No one was charged for the attack. Wow. Nobody. Nobody. Oh, my God. Only two people survived the bombing. Ramona Africa, who was then 29, and Bertie Africa, then 13, were badly burned. Despite two grand jury investigations, a civil suit, and a commission final report cited the bombing as reckless, ill-conceived, and hastily approved. Still, nobody was charged. Like, Fucking will ag- We'll agree that, like, hey, although in U.S. history, I'm sure it might be out there. If it is, it's very few and far between. Mm-hmm. But it's unheard of you might think like oh if that happens in the middle east oh sure they do that no this mm-hmm. happened in, in philadelphia in the mid 1980s in the city of one of the biggest cities in where the liberty bell is yeah not to get too patriotic no but this is not what a country does to its people and especially a country that's first world you know sophisticated very contemporary time it's insane. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. And then nobody got charged for it. Nobody got charged for it. You we you never learned about it. But I also yeah. fear that like this could happen now too. You know, I mean that was eighty five. Like Trump's our president. Like who knows? Like I, I want to say scared, just to be. I, I want to say just to be like on a positive spin is that how the eighties are different maybe from right now is. Uh, the power of information and news. Yes, people recording it, people spreading the word, people being vocal about indu- injustices. Yes, yeah. true. I But still, there's so many things that go unnoticed now with all of that. Well, I mean, there's, you know, cities in the United States that kind of get left by totally. the wayside. So it's in, in a very passive way that does happen. But this is just one of the things that, ha- that has happened way too recently and it's way too important that yes. only now... People are discussing it. There's like a documentary mm-hmm. that came out about it. It was it was a tough one. Um, Man. So one of the survivors, Ramona Africa, immediately went on to serve seven years in prison for rioting and conspiracy charges for arrest warrants from before the bombing. Oh, so God. I like how the bombing is just like, you survived, we'll take you to jail. Yeah. But hey, listen, we're not putting you in jail because of what happened here. Mm-hmm. This is some other warrants. Ugh. And what is... What is rioting and what is conspiracy? You know, I'm not. I I I understand why people riot. You put like in a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't say like, oh, good, you destroy your neighborhoods or destroy things. I don't necessarily advocate that, but I I understand as a human being like what it's like must be with to feel like your back is against the wall. Yeah. Also, like a lot of people in groups like this, they want to preserve their neighbor- neighborhoods. Yeah. They want to preserve their dignity and livelihood and lifestyle. It's not like they're like, fuck this neighbor. It's like, no, I, I am so invested in this. And so the, the idea of someone bombing the thing that they love, it's such a slight. And conspiracy charges. We don't agree with what you say. That's conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, that's been going on for sure. a very long yeah. time. So I don't know that part of the information. It For me being objective, let's even pretend it's valid. It seems kind of like, hey, listen, we you survived your own... The United States, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, a, a bombing that we did. Yeah. That should be like the last thing we should do is to imprison you. But also it's kind of like mm, if we can get her in prison, you know, we can get her in prison because we don't – out there running around going, hey, I survived a bombing. Yeah. I would like to go on you know, this what, outlet uh, and this uh, outlet because like here's the da- bomb uh, that I, I want uh, Phil Donahue or yeah. whatever you know, get picked up by the news. Yeah. 
So I'm going to go back for a second because this is something that came out very recently. On August 8th, 1978, MOVE member Delbert Africa climbed out of his basement and raised his arms to the sky and surrender, which is a photo of it. It's a very famous photo. Mm-hmm. And it was probably one of the most iconic of Philadelphia history as far as – even if you see it, you might be like, oh, this this looks familiar – and then seconds later, police officers were caught on film beating Africa with a helmet and rifle, then dragged him by his dreadlocks. The incident was part of the first armed battle between Philadelphia and MOVE. So in the last couple of days, Delbert Africa, now 73, uh, we see that same picture because he was freed from prison after 42 oh, years. Wow. 42 years. So you see those pictures side by side. It's like... Pretty pretty amazing, and I, I'm going to go on a limb and say that probably the 42 years he served was unjust. Yeah, I think, uh, and I'm going to assume, and I'm also going to assume that he. That. I'm also going to assume that he did something to warrant getting arrested. I'm even going to be that fair and just say I'm just going to assume it, just so keep, mm-hmm. so people you know aren't like, well, you just think everything. But I have a feeling. Based on all this information, all this like very kind of subverted, like kind mm-hmm. of suppressed information that and the incarceration times of people, I mean, especially back then, 40, 42 years. I mean, people get away. People do a lot worse and get out. Less. Oh, are you lo- kidding me? I can think of some right now. I, I just can't even like there have been worse things done and people serve nothing. I, I think this is I, I will not go out on a limb and say I think this is unjust, grotesque. This is a case of someone's crime, which is, in my mind, very, very small, if at all, just like trying to represent their community and trying to have a lifestyle that they can be proud of. Like, and and, and that's totally unjust, totally racist, really unfair, and I think we should be ashamed. And I think more people should know about this. And I think I want to see the documentary. Yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've watched some of the documentary. I've, of course, before I went to Philadelphia, I looked at a lot of photos. So when you see these photos and then you go there and you mm-hmm. try to like juxtapose those things, mm-hmm. it's hard to wrap your head around because we see like a nice stream and then the, the you know the row homes mm-hmm. on Osage Avenue and everything's being like I I went into the the main house on the homes. I think it was six two two one and just you know I just and there people were working on it. Yeah. So I just you know I took a picture in front of it just for like posterity. America should be ashamed. We should be talking about this. We should be talking about how we never should do this again and how we oppress people in this country based on the color of their skin and their socioeconomic status and learn from it. And I don't know if we do. I mean, cynically, I'm not sure that we have. And I think, you know, and my optimistic optimistic side says that, uh, well, they put up, they made it a national landmark. Okay. So there is an effort to better late than never. Sure. But I I wonder, like, if you don't know about this, then you don't know about it. Yeah. What about the families of the Africas? You know, like, what about the people that were affected by this, though? What, like, what do they get for this? The people who died, you know, I, th- nothing, nothing, right? What, they died instead of going to jail for 42 years? Congratulations. No. It's pretty fucked up. I want to thank Vox, Guardian, and the Philadelphia Inquirer. Oof. Yeah. That was a tough one. That was that, that was a tough one. But uh, I would suggest, you know, checking out the the documentary. Mm-hmm. I would suggest looking at some of these photos, reading more about it, not just getting our point of view on it. It's very it's just an interesting part of American history that I don't know if if you're going to don't wait to get it 
hand it to you because you yeah. probably won't. won't. You won't. And this is another thing. It's like you have to seek out the real shit. The night after police removed Ramona Africa from the house on Osei Street. She was taken to Misericordia Hospital in West Philadelphia where she refused treatment for second degree burn. Then police took her to police headquarters where homicide detectives are questioning her right now. Ramona Africa... I still didn't know that you know, everyone else had been killed. Not one single official involved in the planning or murder of my family has ever been charged with anything, imprisoned for anything, held accountable in any way. The only person to go to prison as a result of the events of May 13, 1985, is me. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.